But you remain standing, if you will now, as we join together in the reading of God's Word. You have that passage printed for you in your bulletin. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19-21. Let's join together as we read. Stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth, where moth and rust eat them, and where thieves break in and steal them. Instead, collect treasures for yourself in heaven, where moth and rust don't eat them, where thieves don't break in and steal them. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be lost. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, as much as all of us love Christmas, I think if we're honest with ourselves, we know we would acknowledge that a lot of us at this time of the year uh, just feel a little overwhelmed, stressed out, anxious because of what the holiday has become and how we're expected to experience it. Now, at the core, Christmas is this wonderful, beautiful, holy time of reflecting on the goodness of God and how God has come to live with us through Jesus Christ. But practically, this month becomes one of the most stressful, hectic, anxiety-riddled times of the year because of all the things that we have to do. We've got to decorate the house, we've got to buy all the gifts, we've got to plan the parties, we've got to attend the functions, and by the time we get all that done, by the time Christmas gets here, some of us, we might not actually say it, but if we're honest, a lot of us are feeling, I'm not doing this again like this next year. There's got to be a better way. We believe there is a better way to celebrate Christmas, and so we're spending the four Sundays leading up Christmas Day, uh, talking about that. Now, last Sunday, we really established the most important underlying truth of all, and that is that um, our Christmas will go a whole lot better, it will be far more meaningful, if over the next couple of weeks, we spend the majority of our time and most of our attention on worshiping the hope of Christmas, which is Christ rather than worshiping all the hype. There's lots of hype to Christmas. Tinsel, the gifts, Frosty, the snowman, all the parties. Listen, it's wonderful. Enjoy the hype. It adds a lot of fun to the event. But reserve your greatest devotion and the most of your heart to worship the hope, not the hype. That leads us to a second suggestion that I want to make this morning about how to celebrate this event we call Christmas. Now, I've got to warn you. What I'm going to say this morning, uh, some of you are not going to like. Some of you are going to like an awful lot. Some of you are going to say, Stuart, you just need to sit down and keep your mouth shut. On the other hand, some of you are going to want to stand up and say, Preach it, Stuart. Preach it. So with that said, let me launch into the suggestion for today. 
you and I, I believe, can have a much more holy and reverent and stress-free Christmas if we can find a way to spend less. So I want to encourage us to resist the pressure that is placed upon us to spend more and more and more on things and stuff. Now, let me be clear. Santa still needs to come to the children. We still, it's a good thing to give gifts to our family and friends. This time of the year, we need to to be generous and give to charities and ministries. All I'm saying is, can we bring some sanity into all this? Do we really need all the stuff that we spend on at Christmas? I mean, really, how many sweaters does your family need? If you've already got a 50-inch flat-screen TV that works perfectly well, do you really need to go out and get that 60-inch flat-screen? Does that $10 singing Christmas card convey love to the recipient any better than the handwritten note you could write for free? Do we really need mountains of gifts to prove to our family and to our friends that we care about? Now, if you think about it, that is exactly the climate that has been created. I mean, think about it. How does culture around us evaluate what constitutes a good Christmas? It's based on how much money We spend in preparing for it. I mean, last week, all we heard about was Black Friday and Cyber Monday. It's kind of bad when we put nicknames to our spending days. Yeah, I thought about that. I think we ought to go ahead and just, why why a day? Let's just stretch this thing out to the month and call it debt-filled December. We're going to, in America, we're going to spend this year $465 billion on Christmas. Advertisers are like vultures this time of year. They, They love to lay guilt trips on us. The worst, I'm convinced, are the jewelers. I mean, they just, they just come out of the woodwork. And it's not fair because they target husbands and boyfriends. And by the, by the time Christmas gets here, I'm made to feel that if I don't buy my wife the latest diamond necklace, or if I don't buy her the latest uh, diamond-studded earrings, then... I must not really love my wife a whole lot. And I'm kind of the scum of the earth as as husbands go. Sorry about that, honey. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
You know, every year at our house, it's not so much now since uh, the kids are gone and they have their own families, but uh, even so, when they come to visit us for Christmas is now, um, our family room, I'm not exaggerating, our family room is just literally overtaken by a mountain of packages. I mean, you can't walk because 80% of the floor is overcome with these packages just cascading out from underneath the tree. And every time I see that, my, my heart rate you know, escalates a bit as I'm thinking, you know, what is all this costing me? And so I'll mention, I'll mention it to Becky and I'll say, Becky, we need to be sure now that, that we don't overextend ourselves. And her, her answer every year is exactly the same. Oh, it's really not that much. It just looks like a lot. You see, I'll buy an outfit for one of the boys, and I'll put the shirt in one box, and I'll wrap it up. I'll put the pants in a different box and wrap it up. Maybe I'll put the belt or the shoes in a different box and wrap it up. So it just looks like we've spent a lot. So I'm thinking, okay. In other words, maybe we haven't, bought into the pressure to spend way too much, but at least we want it to look like we have. <laughs> Why do we do this? Who made up the rule that you've got to spend ridiculous amounts of money at Christmas, and if you don't, you're just not in the right spirit? You know, we can't blame advertisers. It's not their fault. We can't fault retailers. They just, they're not the real problem. They just shine a light on it. You know why we're prone to overspend, I think, at Christmas? It's because we love stuff. We treasure stuff. We put a high value on stuff. And we think, and we've fallen into the, the trap of all the advertising and everything else. We think that the more stuff we have, and the more we spend on stuff, the more our life is going to be complete. And if there's any holiday that has tapped into our affinity for stuff, it's Christmas. And so often, we measure our Christmas by how much stuff we have under the tree. Now, now think about this. <coughs> think about how crazy it is to use Christmas birth of Christ as an excuse to load up on stuff. Jesus warns us about the power of stuff to get us off track. He warns us against loving stuff and loving things. 
See, Jesus knows that our heart follows what we treasure. <coughs> Whatever we treasure, our heart is going to follow suit and it's going to be devoted to whatever that is. Therefore, if we treasure stuff, things, guess what? Our heart is going to be devoted more than anything else to accumulating more stuff, more things. But Jesus knew the emptiness of stuff to fill our lives. Jesus knew the limitation of things. He knew that things are temporary. They don't last. They can be taken away. They can be stolen. So he says, don't treasure things. Between now and Christmas Day, you and I, every time we set foot outside the house, we're going to be bombarded by invitations to buy stuff. If you're walking down the, the, the halls, the, the, walking down the aisle at, at Macy's or Dillard's or, or Belk's or whatever, and stuff will start talking to us. It'll say, here I am. You need me. I would look great on you. You, you just got to have me. Take me home. But you know what? In a couple of years or sooner, all that stuff that you just have to have, it's going to be worn out. It's going to be outdated. In a few years, it's probably going to end up in a dark closet somewhere never to see the light of day again. Or it's going to be broken. It's going to be thrown away. Very likely, after a certain amount of time, you're going to come to your senses and realize that that stuff really... Wasn't all that great anyway, and so you're going to be listing it on eBay or Craigslist wanting to get rid of it. Our focus, Jesus says, is to be on people. It's to be on relationships. It's, on, it's to be about investing our lives in God's purposes, things that are, are eternal. Here's a thought. This year, Buy gifts. Share with those you love. But decide to spend less. Don't let advertisers tell you how you are going to celebrate the birth of the Lord. Tell the stores that you aren't going to spend another Christmas all stressed out trying to figure out how you can buy their stuff so they can satisfy their bottom line. Chances are, if you make a decision to spend less, just bring it all into some degree of sanity. I got a feeling... 
Christmas is going to be way less stressful. Probably going to be less arguments between husbands and wives over the next three or four weeks. Probably going to be a whole lot easier come January to pay your bills. And maybe, just maybe, by resisting the pressure to focus your heart, your mind, your resources on stuff, maybe stuff's grip on you might be lessened. You'll be able to focus more on the hope of Christmas rather than all the hype of Christmas. The greatest gift of Christmas is not any one that we will buy or put under the tree. It's the gift that was given to us years ago. Jesus entered the world when he spent 33 years on this earth showing us how to live life. Then when he gave his life with his death on a cross to win our salvation and our eternal life. This morning as we contemplate a decision about how we'll spend this year. Let's finish our conversation by acknowledging what has already been paid for you and for me. And it is this, his sacrifice for us, that makes life meaningful. It makes us know that we are forgiven and loved. It enables us to know that our lives matter more than any stuff that we might buy.